0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Read It and Weep, the podcast about all kinds of media in its worst popular forms. I'm your host Alex, I'm a tiny Asian woman in possession of an ominous titanium briefcase. Joining me today, I have uh, three very good friends. Uh, first, uh, today is uh, Christopher, whose body is living artifact, uh, was to have been his great offering, but now lays in tatters, drenched in blood, impaled by huge shards of protruding glass. Welcome Chris. It's so beautiful to be here. <laughs> we also have, uh, as usual, Ezra. He's a pure consciousness, a fleshless sentience suspended in the emptiness of a vast universe.
1: I am being born. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I'm in a box.
0: And as a very spe- <laughs> we have a very special guest today, speaking in a soft effeminate voice, missing a hand and a son, but still no worse for the wear. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Steven. Welcome, Steven. Hi. <laughs> That's my my natural speaking voice. (laughs) Today we're reading the last section, thank God, of uh, of Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Let's start today like we do every day with a compliment sandwich. Stephen, I don't know if you have anything prepared for this, but if you can, you know, play um, along.
2: Actually, I, I do, actually, because um, oh, I'm familiar with your format. One of the best, I think, moments of just reading in my life or maybe in the past couple years, years um, happened with this book. <laughs> I, I can spoil the ending at this point, right? And- yes. yes.
0: Oh, yes. The the entire
2: podcast is manufactured on shared equipment with spoilers. We don't, we don't oh. like <laughs> Excellent. Well, so th- there's a moment reading it where I really thought Dan Brown would kill off his main character. There was like a brief moment where it's like, wow, he killed his cash cow. And I was like, wow, I, I take back everything bad I said. But then it got even better because then there was a moment I really thought he was going to turn his main character into a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, future novels would have like a ghost Robert Langdon, like giving clues from above. And that's the idea of it. like, the, like the Ghost Rider. Super- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly, you have to have a writing utensil nearby, but then he'll he'll get it to you. But yeah, like that was one of the best like moments. Thinking like, oh my god, this is incredible. And then when it turns out he was alive, the the disappointment was exponential.
0: <laughs> my comment is this: like the other side of that same coin, which was I never for a second believed that he would kill Robert Langdon. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but as soon as he was dead, I was like, because I, I know he's going to come back. And the way they'd been, all the mysticism so far, Dan Brown had done a great job. This is my comment. of setting my standards really low. (laughs) I assumed there was going to be some, like, the power of thought and one of Catherine's experiments can bring people back from the dead. And I was ready (laughs) to be so pissed off that when, when he had a ridiculous scientific explanation instead of a ridiculous mystical explanation, I was really stoked. I really improved on what I was expecting.
1: Ooh. i'm with you on that man i was like <laughs> oh anything but trying to reunite his his spirit with his body anything exactly. but that yes I, I gotta say guys this is actually the second time in a dan brown book that robert langdon has fake drowned <laughs> <laughs> this actually happened really in wet. angels and demons as well um so he only has one way that he can fake kill off a character
3: <laughs> <laughs> how does he fake drowning angels and demons
1: the way it happened in angels and demons is a guy is drowning him all right and basically, uh, Robert Lane has such a good lung capacity that he can hold his breath for like a, like four minutes or something like that. Wow. And so he just, really? like, he just yeah, yeah that, that's what it said in the book
2: right. Did he was he distracting himself by reciting every phone number he's ever dialed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's really good at just you know just just passing the time underwater. But no, so it is he he knows how he's seen he knows how people are when they drown. So he went all crazy and apparently you flail a bunch and like like shake. And so he did that, and he, he fooled the, the guy drowning him, and the guy drowning him just left, and then he came like, up like, you know, up for air, and he's like, Ha, ah, I can breathe again, still alive, all right. my God. <laughs> I'll be here for two more books.
0: Actually, that explains a
1: lot, because I think about four minutes is where
0: serious brain damage sets in, and I think <laughs> that explains him in this
1: book.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Perez, what do you guys have?
3: So, mine is actually, uh, as befits my, my nerd dumb, a gadget based uh, compliment. I love that. The those. fact that Dan Brown decided to create a world in which standard law enforcement equipment includes laser sighted EMP guns.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, just like the CIA uh, thermal vision that's impossibly good yeah. in the previous section, and just like you know every other gadget that he doesn't really know about, um, it works perfectly. And it's great. So I
0: wonder if that came with the helicopter, or if that you had to buy like some sort of extras package that also came with
2: air conditioning and leather <laughs> you know,
3: seats. I think it's dealer installed, so they really <laughs> raise the rate on it. <laughs> yeah,
0: they,
2: <laughs> can I mention something about the, the the heat vision, the thing that where the, they can look in time? Yeah, of course. Because the, they used that in the beginning, you're talking about how how great it is. But then when they were searching his house, like looking for everybody, like they didn't use it. They had to find a secret portal by indentations on carpet. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was Agent
0: Simpkins, in fact.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. Our uh, our
0: bumbling CIA hero. <laughs> I,
1: my my compliment is a is a Simpkins shout out, actually. Awesome. Um, <laughs> he's really endeared himself to me because <laughs> me <too. laughs> because whenever I, I, you know anything he says, it just like I hear like this sort of like like bouncy like theme song in the background, and, you know it's like everyone <laughs> like, really serious, and he's just like do 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 do. It's
0: Agent Simpkins' show. It's Agent Simpkins' show.
1: <laughs> anyway, so there, there's a part where like they just figured out um, that that like an agent uh, who like, the agent uh, Agent Hartman who uh, went over to Calorama Heights with um, with Robert Langdon and, and Catherine um, that he hasn't checked in for like. A day or something like that.
0: Um, the whole thing <laughs> takes place over three and a half hours, so that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. But. Okay.
1: Well, for a large percentage of the book, then, uh, <laughs> he's been f <laughs> um, And they're, they're just realizing that maybe this is, is still a problem, right? This hasn't actually magically solved itself. And um, so basically, they're like, I just called Field Support, Sato said, and they can't find him either. And Sinkman's like, holy shit. Dude, they have GPS in the Escalade, and, and and that was you know that's his contribution, man. And like like it's like the Batman stuff, but like you know R rated.
2: Holy GPS! <laughs> I I think in Dan Brown's mind, like that character is like the archetypal perfect reader, <laughs> just like not questioning anything. <laughs>
3: basic plot of this book as a whole is you got robert langdon this uh professor of symbology at harvard and he goes down to give a speech in dc and yet there's no speech and instead he finds his friend's hand uh dismembered hand on the floor of the capitol building and so there's this psychopath who hasn't kidnapped and is trying to steal the secrets of freemasonry and thereby become the most powerful man in the world and Robert Langdon, in order to save his friend, has to chase down all these secrets and decode things and meet up with his friend's sister, who is also a scientist slash uh, implied hottie. And we kind of left with them being trapped at his house. And uh, Catherine, the girl, is, being, is bound in razor wire and is screaming because Robert Langdon, our main character, is drowning in a box and trying to decode a pyramid in about a minute. Um, while while doing that, and so it appears that he drowns, but it turns out he didn't drown. Everything's okay um, because he was breathing uh, some chemical that has a lot of oxygen in it. Anyway. Super oxygenated Uh, water, yeah. Yeah, fluorocarbons. Yeah, love it. Um, But then they have to chase Moloch, the bad guy, to the big Masonic temple where he's going to uh, sacrifice himself, and it turns out he's the friend's long-lost son, um, which, you know, was... Surprise! yeah, that was a that was a pretty big reveal. And then they have to, you know, just kind of—it's a race against the clock to find out where he went and, and to decode all these secrets. I'm not entirely sure what happened at the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> is that? I I did get through it. I'm just not sure how to summarize because it was all told through weird flashbacks and points of view but i think at the end everything's okay and it turns out that the great mysteries of life are in and or among us
0: <laughs> i i think the, the the summary of the end is that uh peter and robert go to the top of the washington monument and don't kiss and then peter <laughs> and catherine go to the top of the Capitol and don't kiss
3: yeah that's a pretty good
2: ending and and there's a sunrise at the yeah. end for not kissing. that's right <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Also, yeah. the word hope, so an Obama shout-out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bad.
0: yeah. And it wasn't even, like, in Latin or anything. It was just...
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopeless.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Obviously, the biggest twist of the book was them not kissing, but the second biggest was uh, Moloch being Peter's son, right? Yeah, I right. And I, I had that thoroughly ruined for me by Twitter, sadly, so I knew that was coming, but uh, how did you guys take that when that happened?
1: I, I was about 10 minutes ahead of it, so I was like, Oh, minutes. yeah. Yeah, I was expecting about yeah, 10 minutes before they revealed it. Right. Um,
3: That's interesting because it was 2 a.m. last night when I was listening to this because I was woefully behind. And I was about five minutes behind it. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: 2 I was like, wait, what?
3: <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, like, there's so much other just bullshit in this book that yeah. I'm
0: – Oh, yeah. I mean, That seems to be like the the thing of his, like the takeaway moral philosophy of this book is this, this weird thing that Catherine's really into about the latent power of human bullshit.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Bullshit has weight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't expect it.
1: Okay. So we all, we all love agent Simpkins. Um, (laughs) and the thing about agent simpkins is he's actually the one that ends up killing malik
2: oh yeah because
0: he he, oh is he flying the helicopter
1: yeah and it's like he put agent simpkins in charge of a (laughs) helicopter and tell him to fly over this area and he's like like, oh shit no that's that's glass there i can't hit that and then he just like pulls up (laughs) a little too late and knocks out the whole ceiling and kills their only suspect <laughs>
2: that's Good a great point.
0: point he not only not only does it but he does it in a perfect simpkinsy accidental
1: way <laughs> and she's like what simpkins <laughs> hey
0: actually here's what i want to talk about it turns out in the book the reason why the cia is involved with all of this is oh my us. god there's a video oh. that Evil Moloch made a video of some Masonic initiations and wants to put it on YouTube, and that is a national security risk. Now, as as Americans, how would you guys feel if there was a video of some senators drinking wine out of a skull?
2: Would that cause you to riot and overthrow the government? I mean, I live in D.C. I drink wine out of skulls all the time. So
1: you, <laughs> you catch someone <laughs> not drinking wine out of a skull, that's yeah. riot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. Well, okay. Well, I guess... I guess we're we're right into this then. Let's do let's do this segment now. So, Stephen, one of the reasons we brought you here today is because you are our uh, official DC correspondent.
2: Oh, nice. Thank you.
0: And uh, I, I so, thought I was your friend, but that's cool. <laughs> <I laughs> Notice I said one of the reasons. <laughs> okay. I was prepared for said criticism. <laughs> the the reason we brought you in on this book, as opposed to all the other books where we could have brought you in, I think, was uh, you're our DC correspondent. So we have some. Uh, some questions for you regarding your experience in D.C. First of all, would it be safe to describe you as a political operative? Uh, I I I suppose one could use that term. Uh, well, then I'm going to. If you had said no, I still was going to. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, so you're our political operative in D.C. So I, I'm just sort of curious from having watched uh, from read read this book and 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 learning all of this new stuff about D.C. So, what level of
2: Mason are you? Um, I'm I'm currently uh, researching to get to the thirty third degree. Um, I'm about to, to I'm looking where to make my million dollar contribution. <laughs> You're like a thirty second degree intern,
4: right? Exactly. <laughs> like
0: and so, so from your experience in D.C., what would what level of crisis do you think would appear from this like clip of senators uh, being Masons? How how big of a national security threat do you think that would actually be?
2: Well, see, everything I know is only inside the Beltway, so um, I I, I don't, I don't really think how people from you know the other coast or the flyover states or, or you know, like just just the the, the peons out there. I don't know how they react. Uh, I'm sure there'd be an article written about it in Politico here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It would definitely get blogged to death. That's (laughs) right. Yeah. No. It would. It would. It would appear on those blogs. And then uh, I, I feel like it, we could make a good remix video out of it. If <laughs> <I forget>. <laughs> <laughs> we could
3: uh, auto tune that. Yeah, auto tune it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she
0: actually got this mysterious like titanium briefcase, and anytime she opens it and reveals the computer inside, people go, "Oh my god, the world's gonna end."
3: And it turns out it's a minor PR crisis that they're averting <laughs>
2: using CIA field teams. I mean, <laughs> really, it'd be an issue, but like, I mean. You know, pe- like politicians have their online chats with their pages that are sexually explicit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like th- bad things happen. This would be a lot at once, but like I think people would get over it.
1: <laughs> yeah, they talk about scandals being uh being like like the really bad ones are like being caught with a right, like a dead girl or a live boy. Um, <laughs> right. right. And, and and I think uh, skull filled with wine isn't really in that realm. No, like, I don't think so. It's, just, it's I mean, I way below the male, mark.
0: Male skull, I guess, might be important.
1: <laughs> boy, boy skull. <laughs> <laughs> if a lives boy skull, then Never yeah, had. it's
0: the worst. If They started having sex with it at some point. Now it's a scandal.
4: <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, so as a as a DC resident for a couple of years now, at least. Uh, with with this book and National Treasure, has DC
2: finally gotten the respect that it deserves as a creepy, mystical city? I, I think the moment Nicholas Cage stepped foot here, we got everything we deserved. <laughs> <laughs> so this is over. <laughs> right, like, just like back off now, please. <laughs> no, it was it was it was it was cool to uh, see some of the things like to be you know the Capitol Rotunda is a beautiful place and it was cool like reading a description of it that I could have read online, but. Um, <laughs>
3: question for you, Steve. I mean, like, there's one point in this in this last third where Dan Brown uh, refers to Washington, D.C. as the most powerful city on Earth. Um, and now that you're a resident there, do you feel infused with a small part of that power? Like, how much more powerful are you than a normal man?
2: Well, <laughs> that's a, that's an excellent question. Um, my, my thoughts have a little bit more weight than yours. So if I... If I when we're all collectively hoping for something, it's it, it's like two fifths me, three fifths you guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs>
4: okay.
3: He,
2: just, so. he gets two two votes in the uh, in the, <laughs> yeah. the masses.
0: In the, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Stephen could single handedly break a filibuster of human help.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly, and I, I do quite often. No now you know, backing off a little bit, just
0: not necessarily as a DC resident, but just as an average American. Uh, Do you feel good or bad knowing that uh, the painting on the ceiling of the Capitol or like the flags around the Washington Monument are actually a generic symbol of a circumpunct, which could stand for the sun god Ra or also the male (laughs) G-spot?
2: There's a male G-spot? Um, no, the, the thing
0: is... <laughs> circle within a circle, Stephen. Think about it. It's really obvious.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. He really got me thinking about that at first, like that the circumpunk is everywhere. And then I started thinking, like, it's actually everywhere in D.C., including, like, Right now, I have a light fixture that's circular, and the light <laughs> coming out of it is uh, also a smaller circle. <laughs> like, it, they they really made DC, like, just with the whole circle idea. It's in- used in the, the, very, the very foundation of the city. Yeah, it is. You can draw a circle anywhere on the map, and you could probably fit a smaller circle inside <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the real, like, bombshell from this whole thing, though, is just, like, how much Target celebrates the, <laughs> the Zoroastrians,
0: yeah. <laughs> right.
2: yeah. So that is the lost symbol, that, and the lost word was a Bible in the Washington Monument. Is that, like, the the titular object? Yeah, I, I, I believe it was, yeah.
3: Titular, but hardly titillating. <laughs> I mean... <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> my my nipples went soft because of this. <laughs> your nipples, interestingly
0: enough, also a circumpunk <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> <that's open>.
1: right.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna start worshiping Ezra's nipples now as just a practical religion.
2: It's it's not worth it. It's all about the money.
1: <laughs> Alex, look down at your own nipples.
2: <laughs> no, my mine are horribly misshapen. <laughs> <off>. oh,
1: no. <laughs> Maybe it's like the unfinished uh, Mason <laughs> Pira- Masonic know. pyramid. Is that what yours look like? <laughs>
0: Somebody in the aluminum on the tip of my nipple, someone has engraved one true God.
3: (laughs) So, uh, Stephen, um, I know that you spend some time around political buildings. Do you run, do you constantly run into symbols of Freemasonry in your day-to-day life? Um, if yes, how so, if no, how could you be so blind?
2: (laughs) Well, uh. Uh, no everybody when you when you move here you you're basically like you know how when you go to hawaii they give you a lay when you get off the plane they give you a, a skull uh, <laughs> to drink out of they don't they didn't mention this in the book but you really want to cork the eyes otherwise uh,
3: the wine will just leak out and that's kind of an amateur mistake.
2: basically every once you get here you're 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 pretty much a mason um <laughs> Which, which is nice. It's just you have to uh, you have to spend a lot of your nights doing things you really hope don't ever show up on YouTube. It's totally
0: unlike anything you've ever experienced in college or in <laughs> right. Yeah, in college it was all like you know keg cups. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what the that's what the young Masons do is
2: they drink just flat cake beer on the skull. <laughs> Play beer pong with skulls on their altar.
1: I actually have a, a little clip for you guys. Okay, let's do it. Let me preface this a little bit. Moloch uh, has revealed that he is uh, Peter Solomon's son. He wants Peter Solomon to kill him, because that'll be a great sacrifice, and turn Moloch into pure energy. Demonic energy. Yeah, demonic energy, right. He'll be a demon. And, and remember last time, uh, my my version of the audio uh, does actually have music on occasion, uh, which yeah. can be you know, to heighten moods and some like that. And I think this one really pumped up the tension for me a whole lot um, so I, it really just kind of sold it for me I can't wait okay. but I've returned father and tonight it is your turn to choose Zachary or Catherine
0: which will it be will you kill your son to save your sister will you kill your son to save your brotherhood, your country or will you wait until it's too late until Catherine is dead until the video is public until you <laughs> must live the rest of your life knowing you could have stopped these tragedies. Time is
1: running out. You know what must be done. So, I think without it that, amazing. yeah, I mean, I, I can only imagine it must have been pretty flat for you guys to have to hear that part without it. But man, <laughs> with the with the theme song. <laughs>
0: We didn't know how to time it out. We had no idea how much time he
2: had to des- decide.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's true. Yeah. We got a really good sense of when that speech was ending right there. I really- <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so
0: that's, that was another twist, I suppose, that we didn't mention yet, was that Moloch doesn't want to kill Peter. He wants to sacrifice himself. And that seems really anticlimactic for me, since I don't believe in demons. Uh, I was like, all right, sure, kill him. That'll save a lot of trouble. Sweet.
1: I, I'm with you. Like I, I, I thought it was just gonna be like, um, like you have to choose. You can either kill me or, and then just you know, get stabbed. It's like, ugh. Yeah, right? yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> okay, that's a really easy choice.
3: Yeah, but we've already seen that Peter Solomon is so uh, wishy-washy about whether or not to save his son's life or to let him die. And, you know, <laughs> It, it's it's a legitimately hard choice for Peter, just because he has no spine.
2: Yeah,
1: apparently he's a he's also a thirty three degree of uh, indecisionness.
2: <laughs> that that's also a pretty predominant cult here in Washington.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's everywhere. Look. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that inside the Beltway talk. You th- think you're the only ones who have trouble with decisions?
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: hubris. <laughs> Admittedly, your decisions are usually more interesting, but.
2: They're, they're, they're honestly not. It's usually where to go to lunch.
0: Blueberry or regular pancakes.
2: <laughs> exactly. Isn't that blueberry, right? Yeah. I, I, if it was blueberry or chocolate chip, then I'd be kind of stymied for a little mm-hmm. bit, though. There you go. Well, sometimes it's <laughs> just you can overdo it on the anti- antioxidants. That's true.
1: <laughs> I don't know what they do, but they might do too much.
2: I, I, where are all my oxidants? they
0: were capable of
1: disappearing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to save a few of them.
1: I I do think the way people talk about like the way Catherine's talking about like noetics is really the way people talk about like antioxidants. Though it's like it will do everything for you. You will live forever. <laughs> yeah.
3: I was on a plane actually a few weeks ago, and I I a few uh, a few or maybe just one row back, some woman was horribly misinformed about the power of antioxidants. <laughs> she was convinced that if you ate enough. Antioxidants, you can cure cancer, and that's really <laughs> all it takes. That's it's just science. They don't want you to know right? because the phar- because big pharma yeah. doesn't produce anything with antioxidants in it, and so they want to have all the money.
0: But, that is uh, that is so ridiculous and cynical. I
2: mean, really, if blueberries cured cancer, Merck would have patented it. <laughs> that that sounds like a really good plot point for a New Damn Brown novel, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the, the lost nutritional value. <laughs>
0: also really quick before compliments three different points in this last section i thought golly i wish i was reading twilight right now (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I i really hated this last section <laughs> yeah. I took to at one point I actually just turned the iPod on, pressed play, and then put the headphones down and just watched the time go by. <laughs> 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 this counts, right? This counts. At least you're learning something. Yeah. I know I say this every week, but this is by far the worst book we've ever read.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. just, it's just like reading reading some like, you know, p- p- hastily put together research about, about things that aren't true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it, it took him six years uh, to work on this book, so apparently making up things is real, like making up science and history, really exhausting. <laughs> no, it is. It is.
1: Do it every day. <laughs> I think a lot of it was because he was coming from Wikipedia, he had to keep on changing stuff as people changed the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, uh, let's, let's close out then with the other half of our compliment sandwich. Uh, who would like to go first?
2: I I can. All right, Stephen, please. Okay, I will say this about Dan Brown. uh, And... (laughs) his books uh, and this one also, I, I read the Da Vinci. <laughs> I, I read the first hundred pages of angels and demons <laughs> several times. I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> but the thing about his books is that they, they're like windows into his soul. Like Robert Langdon, <laughs> obviously who he wishes he was <laughs>
4: his, his yes. made up
2: job. He's this awesome lecture. All students love him. He's, he's got age and wit and wisdom and he's always on it. And when he's not, there's a really good explanation why. And, uh, <laughs> He's just, like, super cool, and all, like, the female protagonists are all, like, Mediterranean olive skin, like, like obviously his ideal woman. So, like, reading these books sometimes really feels like I'm, like, I cracked open Dan Brown's diary, and, like, it's just, like, a really personal thing. So I just want to say thank you for letting me into your soul, Dan Brown.
3: (laughs) All right. uh, wow uh speaking of uh ideal women my compliment has to do with <laughs> once again the very famous robert langdon drowning scene and actually this is about him coming awake he sees a silhouette out the window and it's a woman's face Aww. and it's the most beautiful thing he's ever seen and it's sato the four foot tall <laughs> <laughs> cancer survivor Old Asian woman with a mustache,
0: <laughs> and mustachioed Asian woman.
3: And you know, previously we said, "When will Dan Brown stop fucking around and have Robert Langdon hook up with Sato?" And we said it might happen. Well, he got close. I, I thought it, he got so close, and I just have to say, bravo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's also sort of like a weird maternal thing too, because he was like being born into Sato's arms, and I, yeah. if I picked we wanted to like curl up basato from then on,
3: yeah, mother may I
0: <laughs> stuck on her circumpunct, and then uh... <laughs> something I did actually genuinely enjoy in the book was oh, I can't remember the ch- at the end of chapter like a hundred and some shit there's a there's a joke uh, Robert tells a joke, and he does it in like the I'm a professor and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell a joke now, <laughs> and uh, he comes up to peter and and it, and it goes like this hes and, and Peter says robert. Peter smiled and waved him in. I'd like a word. Lang did manage to grin. Yes, I hear you. Lost one. And in the book, he actually italicizes "lost" in case you didn't catch that they'd been talking about the lost word for an hour or two. <laughs> he really wants you to make sure you get that there's a joke there. But as far as, I think it's the only joke in the whole book. <laughs> like, I can, Dan Brown is like, I can, like wake up one morning. And I know. I'll write a joke today. I'm gonna write a joke. <laughs> A joke, okay. Let's see. That's <laughs> funny. Humor. And then you like Wikipedia search for joke. Let's see. Humor comes from... No, no, no. That's not funny. Anyway, <laughs> I really liked it. He wrote a joke. It's great.
1: My real compliment is actually uh, if you guys go to the to the copy, if you do have a copy of um, The Da Vinci Code, the dust jacket cover mm-hmm. has a code in it, which is pretty sick. Like the uh, like the description of The Da Vinci Code like, you know, what goes on in the book, every once in a while, there'd be, like, one bolded letter inside of a sentence, mm-hmm. and if you get... A... <laughs> it's a really tough puzzle. <laughs> uh, no one saw it, though. I mean, like, few people see it, I guess. I did not see it. Well, maybe because I didn't read the dust jacket. Anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, it's lightly bolded, but anyway, what it spells out is, um, is there no help for the widow's son, right? The, the Masonic, um, cry for help. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, back in, like, you know, when it came out in 2003, uh, he knew that his next book was going to be on the Masons, and, uh... And he had like a sort of a, a pointer towards it, which I thought was kind of cool. Like I like that stuff. I
3: like um, that too. Yeah. Do we
1: know if there's a code
3: on this dust jacket that says I'm retiring? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: done. You bought all my books. ha 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 ha! How do I spend a billion dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for suffering through this book with us. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody, uh, but especially my friends uh, Ezra, thanks, Chris, and uh, Stephen. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's us. really great. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll have you back again soon, Stephen. We did. I did have to make fake letterhead yesterday so I could fax a request for a review copy of Sarah Palin's new book. So, <laughs> if and when that shows up, maybe you can come
2: back and talk politics. I, I would. I day. would be more than happy to. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, Uh talk to you soon.
0: Hey everybody, Alex here. I have a couple of quick announcements. First, we didn't mention on the show who, what we're going to be enjoying next week. So, it, since it's premiere season in TV land, we've decided we're gonna we're gonna make October New Fall Lineup month. So we're going to be checking out three new television series. Uh, debuting this year. The first one, coming up for next week, we're going to watch the first two episodes of ABC's comedy uh, Cougar Town. So definitely, if you can, watch the episodes. They're free online. Also, I want to remind you, we've got a bunch of great ways to give us feedback. You can always give us a call now. Our new number is 509-588-1280. Leave us a message. we love to hear from you. You can also send us an email, podcast at readweep.com. And as always, please uh, rate us highly and leave us feedback on the iTunes store. Thanks for listening.